one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a very British horror. You weren't ready for that, were you, Paul? No, I'm not ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, hello. This is a lockdown special. So, so we're, we're back and we've been in lockdown for some, something like a, a month separately, but we've discovered Zoom, like everyone. So, so we, we thought we'd get together and talk about what we've been doing over the last month. Because, because you know, I don't know about you, Paul, but I've watched zero British horror films in the last month. Um, yeah, sounds about right. But because that would be a really short podcast, I think I'm going to have to spin this out a bit with, with stuff that's related to British horror, right? Yeah. Because I'll tell you what I have done. Um, I've watched every single BBC Agatha Christie adaption of the last, like, 10 years. So um, <laughs> I, I, found, I found Ordeal by Innocence on my Sky Plus box, and I watched and I enjoyed that, and um, then watched The Pale Horse, which was which was on recently anyway, and I just, I had to buy, and then there were none. And I watched that as well with my wife, because um, we both like Agatha Christie, but it was interesting because two of them were, were, were quite sort of horror slash detective fiction, which you wouldn't necessarily ex expect from Agatha Christie. So I, I don't know how you feel about Agatha Christie, Paul. I, mean, I think you've never, you've never mentioned her before, so I'm guessing you're not completely a fan. I, I don't mind. I mean, um, I, I might, it probably extends to watching the BBC Miss Marples with Joan Higson um, years ago, uh, but and a few things since then. Um, but I'm, I'm not really read any of her books, I have to say. So, so I have read a few of them, and they're actually quite good. But I, I, I mean, I really like de de detective fiction, uh, Sherlock Holmes and, and that. And I found Agatha Christie because of my mum, and, and and I've read quite a number of them and really enjoyed them. And I, I do like the adaptions because they're, they're they're kind of always entertaining or nearly always entertaining. And um, I actually have a bit of a thing where I don't tend to like BBC drama because. I think the budgets are too low and I, I, I don't like the, the, the way they film things generally. So when people talk about, oh, did you see uh, whatever whatever thing that's popular that's on BBC, The Bodyguard or whatever it was, um, oh, right. no, and I'd hate it if I watched it. But because I like Agatha Christie, I, I, did, I did watch these adaptions eventually. And like I was saying, um, The Pale Horse actually went for a bit of a folk horror angle. It had like it had like three witches who were well, obviously they weren't because it was detective fiction, not, not real horror. They weren't real witches, but they were quite creepily done. And there was like a like a, a creepy, almost Wicker Man like um, uh, festival in it, which I have no idea if that's even in the book. But it, but it, it was it was really quite impressive, and it had um, quite a good cast as well. It had a uh, James Fleet and Rufus Sewell and various, various other British luminaries. But then I also watched And Then There Were None, and that has a really good cast. That must, that's, this must be international co-production money, because that had um, like Sam Neill and, and uh, Charles Dance and uh, Miranda Richardson. Mm -hmm. but all, all, they're all famous. All, all, <laughs> and and I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. And Then There Were None. But they, they've all, it's like 10 people gathered together and they've all done something terrible in their past and they get killed off one by one, uh, as, the, right. as the title kind of uh, implies. But um, the, the angle they took for this one was that quite a few of them were, were, were literally haunted by their victims. So, so you... you okay. you, have, <laughs> so, so you you actually had like almost a supernatural... Well, supernatural slash psychological, but <laughs> psychological done in a supernatural way. Subtext. I thought it was really effective. I really liked it, even though I, I, I knew who the murderer was from the outset, but I was familiar with the story. Yeah. Um, I, I still I still enjoyed it anyway. So I'd like to recommend those to you. Um, 
in, in the unlikely event that they're ever on TV again, or you come across them, uh, I think they're good. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I've not really watched anything uh, of that ilk. Oh, I have watched a few um, Tales of the Unexpected. Well, there we go. Perfect. Rolled Doll. Well, well, yeah. were, they, were they the Rolled Doll ones or the later ones, which are just random short stories, aren't they? So these are the ones I've watched are about the first five of the, uh, the, the, the original series in the first season of that. Oh, which ones? Um, so, uh, oh, you're asking me a big question now. So I think the first one, so I've watched the first five, and I'm trying to remember what they are now off the top of my head. The I reason I ask is... I read I read the Roald Dahl short stories when I was at school with you. But yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so these are the ones that are based on it. Um, there's the um, the one the one with the leg of lamb. Oh yeah, that's really good. It's got Brian Blessed in, hasn't it? It has got Brian Blessed in. Yeah. It's quite understated. It's back in the day before, basically Brian Blessed. He did Flash Gordon and everything after that was dialed up to about a million. Yeah. Every time he appeared. Um, before that, he, he was a bit more of a, a subtle actor, I think, in, in a lot of things. Um, and he is in this as well. He's, um, he That's interesting. I can't really think of him like that. <laughs> I haven't oh. watched that adaption in so long. Well, I might check that out. Yeah, so there's two, yeah, basically, yeah, Brian Blessed, there's, there's two versions of him, uh, which is pre-Flash Gordon and post-Flash Gordon. And pre-Flash Gordon, he's, he's, if you see him, any of his guest appearances in various, he was in a lot of the ITC programmes, he, he's pretty good. And then he does Flash Gordon and that's, that's what he, he just becomes shouty man. So I remember him in... Blake Seven and in Doctor Who, but I think they're both shouty man appearances, aren't they? They are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I suppose Blake Seven is pre-Flash Gordon, so yeah, maybe this my theory doesn't work. <laughs> but he certainly changed styles then around that time, but maybe not. Um, maybe not for Flash Gordon. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it was for Blake Seven. Maybe maybe it's Blake Seven we've got to thank. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I re remember a really creepy um, short story. My favourite one was called The Landlady, wasn't it? Have you got the adaption of that yet? I haven't watched that one yet, no. I have watched um, William and Mary, I think it's called. Is that the one with the brain? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oddly enough, I remember that being one of the short stories I really loved when I read them. Um, but I'm not sure it translates very well at all to the uh, to, to to the, the TV version. It, it comes across a bit odd, and it's directed in a bit of an odd way. And um, I think it was written from the brain's point of view as well, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hard to, hard to get that across. Uh, now that's um, that's really. I tell you why it's really interesting. Even watching those, and I think those are. I mean, some of those are proper horror. The, the lad, the, I mean, that William and Mary is actually, and um, yeah. the landlady is really creepy. That's properly scary. And um, actually, the second thing I wanted to, to tell you that, that we've watched uh, was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which you know, uh, Roald Dahl, not 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 as obviously creepy because it's um, obviously one of his kids' uh, stories. But this is the Tim Burton. Oh, okay. I was just wondering what fashion was. Ah, oh, well, you see, I'll come on to that. This is, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory is, is, is the Tim Burton version, which has obviously got Christopher Lee as Wilbur Wonka, uh, Willy Wonka, because yeah. estranged father. And it's lovely, it's lovely to, to, to see him in, in that role. He's brilliant in that role. And um, you can see that he's standing in for Vincent Price a little bit because... Obviously, yeah. when Vincent Price was alive, that would be it would have been his part. Yeah, I think um, at, at some point, 
Tim Burton has realised that Christopher Lee is still alive, and so Christopher Lee becomes the, his go-to horror icon, doesn't he, for, for, for a number yeah. of films. Although, although really, they're mostly cameos. If you th- like Sleepy Hollow and, and, and Dark Shadows and Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're mostly cameos. But in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's a proper supporting role. It's really, it's, it's really impressive. And I, it's a film I really like anyway, because I'm a really big fan of Tim Burton. Um, and and Roald Dahl has has got such a um, uh, well, as you've already alluded to, he, he's quite quite a dark sensibility. So there's a, there's a bite to it un- underneath the the, the, the yeah. fact that it's a children's story, which manifests itself in the uh, horrific personalities of eighty percent of the children in the book in the film. <laughs> um, Apparently, he really wasn't that fond of children. Well, you can you can I mean, you can tell from you can Charlie in the Chocolate Factory makes that more than obvious because <laughs> because the, the the children are horrifically endangered, aren't they? And they have some terrible accident relating to their vices, and then the Impalookers sing a song about what terrible kids they were, and <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> even even if a kid's quite badly behaved, you know, if they're a kid, it's, it's, you shouldn't really be too mean to them. It's probably not their fault. It's yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting that you mention Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because actually that's probably our, our favoured adaption and, and we've yeah. got like a well-worn DVD of that. My, my son's watched the second, it's only always the second half of that film he likes, but he's watched that like a hundred times. But the, like a week ago he was like, can I watch the new one? We were like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so it was the first time he, he'd seen it and then he watched it again because he really liked it. And he, he, he loves the book. So, um, and he's been doing Roald Dahl at school. By school, I obviously mean homeschool. But um, so he, uh, he, he's got really into it and it, I, I thought it was cool too. But then this also led me to wonder, um, are, so are you familiar with the, um, it, you mentioned it, are you familiar with the original? Willy Wonka version with Gene Wilder. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, so that's like a British or sort of semi-British movie from the early 70s. It should have some connection to British horror, shouldn't it? And uh, I can't think, I couldn't find one, can't think of one. Not a direct connection. No. It's got Roy Kinnear in it, and I'm sure Roy Kinnear must have some connection to something somewhere. Oh, um, Taste the Blood of Dracula! There we go. That's it, isn't it? Taste these in Taste of Love Dracula. That hadn't come to me until until right then. Yeah, you're right. So that's the connection. Uh, Before before you said that, the closest I got was well, Gene Wilder was in Young Frankenstein, but that's not even. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty thin. (laughs) I have to admit, pretty thin. So yeah, yeah. Taste Taste of Love Dracula. Yeah, no, I like it. You you know the. um... The, the theory around uh, Snosbury, don't you? And why that is quite, um, what, what its meaning supposedly is. And Snos- what way, go on. No, no, I, I, I don't, no, no, no I, I don't. I, I don't I, I don't think I even noticed it. I, Snosbury, oh yeah, no, I did notice it. That's the made up flavor, isn't it? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. No, what's the theory? Snosbury's quite a lot, and, and the idea of them licking the Snosbury on the uh, wallpaper. Um, and I think this is probably another reason, perhaps, why Roald Dahl didn't like kids, because apparently Snodsbury's mentioned a few times in some of his books. But in one of his books called um, it's called My Uncle Oswald, and the the term Snodsbury is is used to um, as a reference to 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 a penis. Really <laughs> Wonka, really Wonka, where they're all licking the Snodsbury. <laughs> as a wallpaper it has a whole different meaning so um i remember in um in the bfg they're called snoz cumbers <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah okay well maybe moving uh, swiftly on um <laughs> so i did watch a horror film i've actually um i watched it on amazon prime over the last couple of nights so um wasn't British, so I wasn't lying earlier. It, it was the, the Italian horror film Castle of the Living Dead. 
Okay. Well, so I, I saw it, it appeared only recently on there, and um, Amazon, you know, because it's algorithms, but they, they, Amazon has learned the kind of film I like. So, so it's been trying to get me to watch this for the last like two or three weeks, and I, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's a kind of, because a lot a lot of these horror films on Amazon are absolutely atrocious. They're, they're terrible prints of dreadful dreadful films, um, or, or or even worse, sometimes they're terrible prints of actually good films. So, like a few uh, weeks ago, I tried to watch The Ghoul because I was very excited to see The Ghoul was on there. But the oh, it's un, the quality is so poor; it's unwatchable. It's really, it's, 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 that's essentially a crime because the ghoul, yeah. very significant, very good film, but it um, it needs to have a proper digitally restored HD print. Um, so you should be able to see it like like it was intended to be seen, not not this horrible scratchy, um, you know, ultra low resolution obviously ripped from youtube kind of version of it it's dreadful <laughs> really so i really um i would really say to do not watch the ghoul on amazon prime don't do it to yourself don't do it to the ghoul but um but castle of the living dead actually the print is really nice Re- really um good quality it's um black and white film from the early 60s as you you, you may well be yeah. aware i'm sure you are aware and I've actually been interested in it since since almost um, my school days, um, because I, I knew it was the film that Donald Sutherland was in, um, and Donald Sutherland plays uh, multiple roles. It's arguable whether it's two or three, uh, but and one of the, one of the roles is female. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> he plays this kind of the, like this old witch as as well as like a. Um, and, and a Napoleonic soldier, a Napoleonic hero soldier, and uh, also apparently he plays an old man as well. Though I didn't even notice that. Um, but it's also got Christopher Lee as Count Drago. And, okay. Um, and it's also famous. The other thing it's famous for is the um, the assistant director or the second assistant director. Was a certain Michael Reeves. This was his first. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and um, you, you know there are there are some rumours which are I think completely untrue, and everyone's denied them that Michael Reeves actually directed some of the film properly. But right. I think it unlikely. Yeah, I, I think it just that he's much more famous than the actual director. Um, well, it's just wishful thinking, isn't it? I, I would say for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely it is. But um, it's it's funny in in, in Amazon Prime the, the picture, you know, the essentially the avatar for it, right? So so um, it's got you can see uh, it's quite it looks like a, a good painting. It's got um, Christopher Lee and Donald Sutherland. You can recognise them, really good likenesses. But, but their names don't appear on that on that picture. Um, the, the only the only text on, on, on the picture is second unit director Michael Reeves. <laughs> okay. Sure, 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 surely the, the only time in history that an assistant director has made the poster. <laughs> well, surely, okay. I, would, I would think that, that's got to be a fan thing. That, we've got from that can't be like a genuine poster. Well, I mean, it's been made, it's been, it's been made for this, for Amazon Prime, so it's not, no, it's not... I don't think it's like so, a cinema poster, yeah. but it's been written onto um, what looks like perhaps the original illustration, or if not the original illustration, then a really good one. Um, yeah. Anyway, Paul, I'm going to recommend this film to you. I don't know if you got Amazon Prime so you could watch Picard, but um, did you? Because no. uh, Picard was good as well, you know. It was good. <laughs> yeah. That's mostly what I've watched. Uh, in the last few months, I would guess. Yeah, I like Picard, but um, but 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 yeah. So um, uh, if you don't know Amazon Prime, then this is not 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 much help to you. I think, and this is another way of uh, tracking down cars. It's probably it probably is on YouTube, but it's worth watching in a nice print actually because um, it's got some really beautiful black and white photography. Um, it's filmed largely on location, but 
Uh, it's got uh, like an Italian Renaissance castle and this beautiful garden with these lovely statues. Um, and what, if you can get past the dubbing, it's the dubbing I always hate in um, continental Euro European films this era. I, I, I like um, if, if a film's Italian, I like them to be speaking Italian and to read the subtitles. I, I don't like yeah. the. Um, I don't like the obviously Italian actors speaking Italian, but but the sound is uh, American voiceover actors. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> but, um, um, but here it's kind of all right. So so um, Christopher Lee and Donald Sutherland obviously do their own voices because so, you know there are um, yeah. there are examples where that isn't the case. There's yeah. Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace, a German film. Christopher Lee plays Sherlock Holmes, but it's somebody else's voice, which is ridiculous. But here he does his own yeah. voice, and that's, that's that, that really makes a difference. And um, you, you think um, Castle of the Living Dead is a zombie film, but of course it's not a zombie film because this is before the era of zombies. Um, this is yeah. so it's actually, and this is. Uh, I think this will clinch it for you. You'll be rushing out to get this on the rare Blu-ray when, when I've said this, right? It's actually about taxidermy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so um, although the setup is very similar to um, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, uh, very similar. They kind of get, uh, th th there's this group of, um, well, in this case, they're like a, Tra traveling um, entertainers um, who could get lured to Castle Drago, obviously Dracula, um, <laughs> but by by uh, uh, Drago's servant, who's not dissimilar from Clove at all. Actually, I mean, I I, I kind of suspect that the ha someone at Hammer probably saw this film, kind of thing of it, and didn't think it was too bad because there's definitely definitely parallels. But um, but is it Clive? Clive, <laughs> no, <laughs> <It's not>. but <laughs> that, that would be brilliant. <laughs> um, but I think it's Philippe or something actually. No, but no. Um, yeah. Oh, but played by Philip Latham. Uh, but anyway, um, I don't even know that it is Philippe. I haven't looked it up. But um, but having lured the, the, this, the these um, these victims um, and. Uh, it turns out that the Count Drago is is basic. Basically, he loves taxidermy and he wants to. Um, he murders people and he um, makes them exhibits in his like his taxidermy display for, for humans, um, which you, you 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 may recall is not hundred percent dissimilar from that um, Roald Dahl story that we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think um, uh, well, I think there's a, isn't there a third example of, of, of this because obviously you know uh, being a taxidermist and stuff that's quite creepy. And, and I think the the really famous, probably the most famous cinematic example of it is um, Psycho, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 actually, it's when you think about it because because they're called the Living Dead, but they're not. Animated corpses are the opposite. They're 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 they're, they're stuffed yeah. <laughs> corpses, and they and they look alive, but they're not. <laughs> it's it's uh, they, don't, they don't come alive. Then. No, no, no. It's 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 about a serial killer. <laughs> it's about. <laughs> um, Cross my mind because I was trying to think of examples of taxidermy in film and TV. Was um, was it? Three Up, Two Down, or whatever it was called. Do you remember that sitcom with Michael Elphick? Was it I, his mate? Oh, yes. I do remember his, it. His mate, he, he's, uh, Michael Elphick's friend was into taxidermy and that. And had a, had a kind of creepy room full of stuffed animals. <laughs> anyway. That was, that was a really gentle, light-hearted sitcom, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think it works better as a really sinister hobby for, like, borderline scary people. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think I think cinematically that 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 works better. Not not that I'm criticising three up, two down, you know, because I I did watch it. That's from the golden age of sitcoms, and I particularly liked um, Michael Elphick anyway, because Boom, that was Boom. I watched yeah, anything yeah. he was in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apart from EastEnders, I didn't watch him in EastEnders, but every, everything before that, I really liked him in. <laughs> Um, so, ha- any, have I sold Castle of the Living Dead to you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think I'm going to bother watching it though, unless it's sort of not on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, if, if you've got Amazon Prime, you could also watch. Um, I think the next thing I'm going to watch is the Old Dark House. They've got the original Old Dark House there. I'm just hoping okay. that it, it, it's a. Um, I'm hoping it's a decent print again, because you know we 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 got interested in James Whale, didn't we? <laughs> and um, yeah, this is exactly a, done. I think that's on YouTube somehow. At least it used to be. Yeah, it probably is. It probably is. You know, I am. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure um, Castle Living Dead is as well. To be honest, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the. Yeah, but it's it's nice. To, to, yeah, it's, sometimes and I'm going to shock you here, Paul. I'm, I do worry that some of those YouTube, um, some of those YouTube uploads might be unofficial. No, really, <laughs> that does concern me slightly. <laughs> but at least I presume Amazon Prime don't do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. Um, they have dodgy um, avatars that aren't official well yeah yeah all right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay now um i had i had one other thing i wanted to mention which is also concerned concerning amazon prime which i think we've already established that you're basically not a fan of so it's almost pointless me saying it but just imagine just, just imagine you were interested for a moment um, th- there's a documentary, Peter Cushing in his own words, which is available to rent on Amazon Prime. In fact, it would cost you just the same as me because you, it's, oh, Amazon Prime, a lot of things are just paid for, aren't they? But this is a new documentary, and I think it's based on a, a, a an old radio interview that Cushing gave in 1986, which is an interesting year if you right. follow Peter Cushing's career because that was the, the year he retired. Um, so, so he yeah. at that point, at that point, his entire acting career, he he would have been available to talk about, <laughs> essentially. So, yeah. so I, th- I think that could be quite interesting. I mean, it, it's just like seventy five minutes long, and they padded it out with interviews and a number of his other collaborators. I think most notably Judy Matheson and Derek Folds, but a number of his collaborators at the time. Um, so. so it's essentially a DVD extra, I have to admit. But I'm just like, I'm quite interested in it. And what else? What else am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so I think I might, I might, I might be renting that reasonably, reasonably soon, just, just to see. That's that's my intention anyway. Maybe, maybe if we do another lockdown special, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I thought of it. Okay. Just to let you know, Castle of the Living Dead is on YouTube. Oh God. You're telling me my Amazon Prime subscription is just a waste of money, aren't you? I mean, there's Castle the Walking Dead and uh, Cave of the Living Dead. So if you haven't got enough of your Living Dead variants, there's there's at least two others on there. I bet they're zombie films. (laughs) They're zombie films. Castle. Well, what was that one? It's called Castle. There's something called Castle of Terror as well. Is that Christopher Lee? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's an Italian haunted house horror. Without starting up, I don't know. So, so there's one called Crypt of Horror or Crypt of Terror, which is uh, an adaption of Carmilla um, starring Christopher Lee. That's actually, that's actually quite good. And that's Amazon Prime as well. Um, I've seen an Italian uh, film set in London because it's just come up with a uh, um, 
Tower Bridge, but it's got Barbara Steele in it. It's, it's like the main headlining person. And a lot of people we've never heard of. Yeah, but Barbara Steele was the Italian, big Italian horror star, wasn't it? Well, no, she's English, but, but she was big in Italy. So I guess it is an Italian film, regardless of the being Tower Bridge. Yeah, so it apparently is um, set in Victorian England. Uh, and about, it's apparently about an American journalist in Victorian London takes a sucker bet from Edgar Allan Poe that he can't stand an entire night alone in nearby Blackwood Castle, the site of a brutal series of murders and a suicide years earlier. So it actually has someone as, as, uh, as uh, Edgar Allan Poe. This sounds actually really good. Was, remind me, what, what, is this Castle of Terror? What, no, what? Yeah. Right. I, I had to watch this. That sounds really good. Yeah. And I think I think my closing point on on, on this, by the way, was that, uh, one that I've made before. That that Hammer was so successful in the late fifties that that everyone in the world, or a lot of the world, a lot of I, just, I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to make um, ridiculously overblown claim, but but in 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 continental Europe and in America, for a number of years they made horror films in the British style, didn't they? In the Hammer style. And, 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 and you know, that sounds like a Hammer film <laughs> or, or a pastiche of a Hammer film. And indeed, Castle of the Living Dead is clearly like an Italian version of a Hammer film. But yes. it's not bad. Right. I don't know what they said, but if you search for that on YouTube, you get all these other films as well. But if you scroll a bit further down, you suddenly get... Um, and amongst all these horror films, you get uh, Flipper, the opening and closing team. <laughs> so Flipper the Dolphin and the Banana Splits, and then it goes back to uh, a whole load of other horror films. So, yeah. So Which Flipper? I think it's really important to establish, is it Flipper the original or, or the Paul Hogan remake? No, the original. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Right. Well, have I inspired you, Paul, to start <laughs> investigating all of these fantastic um, uh, uh, viewer films? I do, yes. It's kind of, it's one of those things where I think you can end up going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, various things. But one of them, one, one of them might turn out to be like brilliant because it, 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 <laughs> you, you know because we've seen a lot of these these horror films but but we haven't seen all of them and i always do think what if there's one that's really good that i haven't seen well yeah it could be uh, yeah i mean what? It, it's yeah. not very likely <laughs> but but you know it could always be It's, it's, so, okay, go on. So no, so, okay, so what I'm going to say is, right, this is obviously a Zoom call, uh, and yes. with Zoom calls, because you have a little delay, like a second delay before the other person hears them, uh, just like in meetings uh, when I've been working from home, you, you, you get a second of silence followed, followed by both people speaking at once, and you get that all the time. It happens in every work meeting <laughs> that I have, and I'm sure it's the same for you. And it's, I'm sure it's, yeah. um, unfortunately, the same for this podcast. So uh, it'll be interesting to hear back to to hear us with the long silences and then the talking over each other. That's the um, that's the <laughs> downside of doing it virtually. <laughs> I think we do that anyway, <laughs> even when we're in the same room. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. But you know, I think it gives it a real authentic flavour, actually. Because I think I think there's one thing you can definitely say about a very British horror, and that's it's not overproduced. No, no, it definitely isn't. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I have watched some horror-related things. Oh, go for it! Go for it! Things. Um, 
I want, it's mostly of a, a Jordan Peele Nate flavour. Right. So. And he was in NSYNC, was he? Yeah. What? Who's Jordan Peele? <laughs> So he's he's a he's a director who's become he was his first proper film was uh, was uh, Get Out. Oh, uh, you're you're talking about you know the contemporary cinema, okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it Us? Was that him as well? Yes, or... that's that's what I watched. I, I I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really really rather good. Um, Do you know? Worth, worth, worth. The, the I think I, I read the summary of us, which was, uh, or, or, or kind of the the, the the high concept for it, which, which is uh, invasion of the body snatchers slightly changed. So <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of it's sort of done it's done really well, and it's creepy, and it has like a sort of weirder vibe to it. And related to that, I've also been watching. Um, the uh, new Twilight Zone series, which he is a sort of executive producer type showrunner on, and, and some I've seen three of those, and they they've been they've been not bad. They're not as good as the original sixties first sort of version, but better than the the eighties version. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, because because of. Because of my interest in British comics, I always can't even think of Twilight Zone as Tharg's future shocks, but really long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> it probably isn't fair. Um, but okay, we're talking about um, TV shows. I, I've actually watched all of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Yeah. Do you have seen. Netflix books? I do have Netflix, but I haven't seen any of that. Well, it, it's it's kind of just like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it, it, it's also um, it's also kind of strangely Anglo-American, and, and and some bits of it are quite good, and it certainly does go in in some quite interesting directions. Uh, so so I sort of I recommend I actually recommend that. I think that's that's got some good. It's got some good um, horror stuff in, but not not it's not it's not scary. It's horror like Buffy. It's action horror. Action horror. That's what it is. Buffy was action horror. This is yeah. action horror. Like teen. I mean, yeah. Obviously, with the teenage slant, but um, but you know, it's 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 done quite well. And the um, oh, and I'm going to try and sell it to you um, in, in the only way I know, Paul. It's got. Michelle Gomez in who you liked as Missy. From that, that okay. Just... Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, See, really strong Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing that we we've probably watched but not not spoken about, but it seems like a long time ago now, is obviously um, the most recent series of Inside Number Nine. Oh yeah, yeah, really good. Really, really, really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, uh, and of course, obviously, horror tinged. Well, the last episode was was very much so. Uh, usually, their last episode is is the one that goes into uh, into yeah. horror, and this this was no exception. I really what I really love about Inside Number Nine is the quality doesn't dip. It's just like no. this is good. It's just this is good. This is good. Uh, the, the, yeah, they sometimes have these like high concept episodes don't they like the um the, the, the one with the like five different personalities um <laughs> all, all coming together at the end um that was obviously just like a a gimmick but you know you can do gimmicky episodes in in 25 minutes and uh, so, so i think i really thought it was another fine series in, in fact um i can't really think of anything as good as inside number nine on on TV at the moment, um, yeah, pretty much there isn't, is there? Can is there anything better than Inside Number Nine? Um, no, I don't think so. Not not consistently good in that way. I no. mean, what I like about them is that they 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 don't ever um, talk down to the audience or assume the audience is stupid. 
Um, yeah. They, 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 they always leave little things to that you need to make that little leap about so you can kind of get that idea that that the yeah they don't spoon feed it speak, spoon feed it to you quite often quite quite often you you have to sit down afterwards and work out what the hell the twist actually meant yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then and then you figure it out and it all makes perfect sense uh, yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes Sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it, it, it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I really love about them is that, you know, what series was this? Five, six, six or something? Was it? Six? I think it's series five. Think. Yeah. But, you know, after all that time and, and seeing them and, and knowing exactly what, how they work and what the twists are uh, and everything, um, you, you, you'd sort of think that you would, you'd get the hang of, how they write them and, and be able to sort of see what was coming a mile off and that doesn't happen. No, you're right. You're, you're right. I'm thinking of the magic episode and thinking that was just so well done. And then even, and even though it was inevitable, it's only inevitable when you get to the end, you couldn't really guess where it was going before that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, th I think you're right. And I think I've said this before, but I find it to be a much more consistently good show than even the League of Gentlemen or Psychoville, because I, I felt that both of those started off just absolutely amazing, but but but, that, but but by the time they finished, they weren't absolutely amazing. There was like this had gone off the ball a bit. Whereas Inside Number Nine does not seem to suffer from that problem. It's just good. Well, I think they have that. that um... I think, I think they're just able, because it's like a half hour self thing, that they're, they're really able to just completely focus on that, that one thing. I imagine that writing, writing is quite, um, that, that they, they write them quite sort of strictly and sort of quite tightly, if you see what I mean, rather than, um, you know, they're not having to fill like a whole series of, of a, an arc or a story where where it can dip in places you know, it's quite they're 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 quite um i can't think of the right word i'm looking for but actually the masters of the short form aren't they because if, if you th yeah. think yeah. that they've perfected these 30 minute stories um but but actually i'm not sure that that they've ever because I, I mean, I'd love them to do an Inside Number Nine movie, but I think it'd be really hard for them. I think to challenge themselves, they really should. But I think it'd be really hard for them. Did you see the League of Gentlemen movie? It really isn't that great. Great. It really I isn't. I quite like it. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I sort of like it, but only because I like them. It's not really that good a story. <laughs> it's. Um, no. um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 for me, it, it, I, I don't know. I think they need to go. They need to go back because I mean, I, obviously, League of Gentlemen is also um, Mark Gatiss and and Jeremy Dyson, but but it's strange because um, Mark Gatiss has done uh, those Sherlock's and Dracula's. Um, and I really like them. And of course, we haven't talked about it. So that they, let's finish on this. Did what did you think of the BBC Dracula at Christmas? Well, you you know what I think of it. I I thought it was really brilliant. I I, I liked all of it. So I, I agree with you completely. Um, so I know some people said, "Ah, oh, the third episode it was rubbish." No, the third episode was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was. And, and and of course we 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 know the uh, the story really well as lots of people do and just because they made um the third part um contemporary they they didn't abandon the novel it's still it's still it's still adapted that section of the novel they just did it in a slightly different yeah. way i thought uh, and and the last thing anybody really wanted you don't need like a bbc classics literal that's 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 just a, a, 
adapt the novel word for word and just have another version of that because because you know people would just go well this sucks <laughs> I, I, I thought that the um, third part was really uh, kind of a riff on ultraviolet if you remember that series i do remember ultraviolet and i really liked ultraviolet yes no i, I know, no, I, know I do know like vampires and in contemporary setting with a mysterious uh sort of um organization devoted to kind of trying to track them down and one of the characters in that organization also had cancer if i remember rightly it was right it was the head the head of the organization did didn't he yeah yeah they absolutely that's good i kind of like i think that was intentional i think they intentionally did that well Obviously, the parallels to Dracula 1972 or AD 1972 was intentional because they, well, they put it on the door in the hospital, didn't they? <laughs> they did. But the, the thing was, is that anyone who was shocked by the contemporary setting of the third episode uh, probably wasn't paying attention to the second one because certainly about 10 minutes before the end or so with that, I, I knew where it was going and I had no idea pre beforehand that they, they were going to make it contemporary but there were just enough clues i thought that you could just you knew that that was going to happen well for, for me a big clue was okay did anybody watch sherlock did they notice that that, that, that character sure. was in the, the contemporary period <laughs> it's like yeah. if it's the same people that's kind of what they're going to do <laughs> so, <laughs> But I, I, I like that it took them a while to get there. Um, I'd love it to come back for another season. Um, I'm not sure that it will. I'd, I'd love yeah. it to. Um, but I, I think um, the ratings were actually quite poor, uh, the initial ratings. But then they put it on uh, on successive nights, and that was like that was a lot of Dracula to watch uh, uh, yeah. days. Uh, and I think it did really well on catch-up TV as a result of that. Yeah. Basically, that's how I watched it because it was just, yeah, it was just too much an hour and a half each night. Yeah. So, so, so I saw a tweet from Stephen King as well saying it was a masterpiece. So, I think because I think it got shown in the US as a Netflix exclusive. So, I, yeah, I hope it, it went good. down well there. I hope they do do another one. I don't think it's likely. Yeah, well, I thought, uh, Bang! I can't, is that how you say his name? Oh, he oh yeah, yeah. He was so good, wasn't he? I was a bit like yeah. when I looked at the cast. I was a bit like, ah, oh, there's no one in it I know, so they've gone a bit low budget. Because you, but they they, they hadn't. They, yeah. just, they just got um, they got a Danish actor I'd never heard of to play the main part, but because he, because they knew that he was a good actor. <laughs> yeah. He was really good, but. Um, I remember seeing the trailers for it and, and thinking, oh, I don't know, he seems really awful. Oh, no, then. I thought, like a weird Cockney accent or sort of Essex accent at one point. Yeah, but they spent, thought, oh, they spent the whole first episode explaining how he gets that. But, um, yeah. Um, but in the trailer, they had that where, where he goes, <laughs> something like, um, I'm undead. I'm not unreasonable, <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 people. Some people groaned at that, um, and I remember a similar yeah. line in the Rogue One <laughs> trailer where um, where, she, where she says, um, "This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel," <laughs> and, and the, the reaction to that trailer was so negative. They just they just took that line out of the film, uh, but in in the in, in Dracula. When they when you get to the moment where where he says uh, I'm undead, I'm not unreasonable, it's fantastic. It's absolutely the right thing to say at that point. It's, it, yeah. it, it does it just goes. I think, I think there was a bit where um, in the trailer where they did. It's the bit where he he I can't remember what the actual line is, but he says something and then sort of goes shh or something. Afterwards, I can't remember what it was. You're doing very well. That's it. But it just it 
it just sounded really flat and rubbish in the trailer. But when it was actually in the episode, it, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, it, it was a misleadingly poor trailer. I think that's, I think yeah. it's the case. Yeah. Um, oh, well, uh, do you know, Jennifer, I reckon we've done, we've done, we've done nearly an hour now and we don't actually know whether anyone's going to be able to listen to this. So I think what we should do, as well. well, you know, I, I think it's a good distraction from, um, from the lockdown for, for us and for hopefully, um, if anyone is listening to this, hopefully the lockdown is not too miserable for you and hopefully we haven't made it worse. If we have made it worse, I'm really, really sorry. The last thing I wanted to do was to make a global pandemic worse for anyone. Uh, now I'm realising that I might actually have done that. Oh, Paul, quick, t- <laughs> talk, talk me out of this. <laughs> talk me out of this, Paul. <laughs> no, you've absolutely made it worse. Oh. How dare you? What, uh, okay. what do you think of ruining people's lives? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, do you want to do the social media stuff like we always do? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember any of it, so don't worry about it. Just you can goodbye. find us on Facebook. We've got Instagram. Uh, apparently, I don't think I've got really uh, too much to do with the Instagram account. And you know, uh, if you send us an email, we'll be delighted. Oh, and uh, you need our email address in which to do that. It's a uh, very British horror at gmail.com. That's right. And you can find us on Twitter, can't you? At very British, uh, very, very Brit horror, horror. Um, somewhere on Twitter. Very Brit horror. Very Brit horror, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, absolutely. And, um, we should probably get on um, Zoom. This is Zoom. No, we are on Zoom. We are so modern. Anyway, um, that's call it a day. So um, yeah. I've been Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. <laughs> I like the pause there. It was too long. This whole thing <laughs> is going to sound really weird, isn't it? Uh, well, we, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, goodbye and happy lockdown and uh, see you all on the other side. Okay. Bye.